0: Hello, and welcome to the Payout Podcast with IDS Sports beat writers Amanda Foster, Matt Seabry, and myself. It is Monday, and Indiana women's basketball is set to return from a long hiatus tonight against Michigan and Ann Arbor,
1: arguably the top team in the Big Ten.
0: Amanda, Matt, how are you doing today?
1: I am doing pretty well for a Monday, not going to lie. In terms, of, in terms of Mondays, this one has not been too bad.
2: Yeah, i um, uh, hey, basketball's back. So I'm excited yeah. for that. The, the team hasn't played in over two weeks. So uh, finally back in action. That'll yeah. be And some big news this
0: morning. Chuck Crab retired. I mean, legendary voice of Assembly Hall for decades. I mean, that's just, that hits, man. It's going to be weird because we're going to be on Thursday. We're going to be among the first to hear the new voice or the interim voice, whatever they're doing on Thursday. We're going to be the first to hear, like, uh, going forward, Chuck Krabbless Assembly Hall.
1: That's, that's gonna be interesting. Um, I don't know what to expect, honestly.
2: Yeah, forty-five years. Uh, I don't think many people know what to expect.
1: <laughs> yeah. Also, in, in big news, somewhat maybe not as much as Chuck truck, truck crab retiring, excuse me, but the AP poll came out and Indiana moved up to number five, even though they haven't played in 15 days, um, and then Michigan's at number six now, so they both they've both moved up one spot. So that'll be that, that's interesting, in my opinion, that they were able to move up. There were a lot of losses when they weren't playing, but still, it's,
0: it's interesting. Yeah, Indiana A has not played for what seems like an eternity, and B lost quite possibly its best offensive player to injury for the foreseeable future, and yet it moves up. Thank you, Stefan Kreisnik. Anyway, um, let's talk about Michigan. We cannot really preview this game since it is happening tonight. We don't know that what's going to happen at this moment in time. It'll have passed by the time you're listening to this. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about what it'll look like if Indiana manages
1: to get the win tonight
0: or if they do lose tonight. Amanda, what do you think?
1: Okay. Well, first of all, to set the scene a, bit, a little bit, both of these teams have a multiple win streaks that they want to keep going. Indiana is currently on, I believe, a nine-game win streak. They have a 12, they've won 12 straight away games dating back to 2020, and they've won 15 consecutive Big Ten games dating back to 2020. So this is a big game for them coming in, if you think about it in terms of win streaks, of course, in general, because it is Michigan and Michigan is very good. Um, But they before they went into the COVID pause, they had a lot of momentum, I think, because of those streaks or partly because of it. Um, And so they kind of have to get that back, I think, to get this win. And so if they do get the win, then knowing those streaks are still alive is going to be a really big thing. And it would show that they have the ability to work through a 15-day mid-season pause, uh, because that's a hard thing to work through, especially when you have people coming in and out with positive COVID tests. Um, I think a loss, personally, for me watching, and I think for some other fans, um, would not be the biggest deal in the world because of the circumstances, because it is Michigan, and Michigan is number six in the AP poll, and because Indiana has not played as a full team in 15 days, I don't want to make excuses for them, but I don't think people should be or will be devastated. If Indiana loses, of course, that depends on how they lose. If they do, if it's a complete blowout, that's different. But if they lose by five, six, seven, eight points, I don't think that's gonna have earth earth shattering consequences.
2: Awesome, Matt, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, uh, like Amanda said, this is a Hoosier team that's obviously not at full strength. Um, And I think a win here for Indiana over Michigan, I mean, I, I think Indiana could really have a claim at being the best team in the Big Ten if they were to pull that off. This is, I mean, like Amanda said, this is a Michigan team that is on a winning streak. Uh, they're they're good right now. They're very hot, uh, particularly in the Big Ten. On top of that, it's a road game for Indiana. Uh, and on top of that, Naz Hillman is playing. Um, so, yeah, I, if somehow, despite all of that, Indiana were able to pull off the win, I think, yeah, uh, they already have the win over Maryland. They've got a win over uh, Ohio State. They're probably making a claim to be the best team in the Big Ten um, this season. With a loss, uh, I also agree with you, Amanda. You know, I don't think you can write the season off if they lose tonight. It's, this is a good Michigan team, and this is a battered Indiana team who hasn't played in over two weeks. Uh, I, I I don't think this will be a uh, an ultimatum on the season either way. But I think if they do pull off the win, you could see that as a real uh, momentum booster for the team going forward. But if they don't pull off the win, I don't think uh, there's any reason to think this team is, it's a trend for this team that they won't be able to recover from. Yeah,
0: I think I agree with both of you. I think a win against Michigan underhanded, I mean, undisputed, Best team in the Big Ten, Indiana. I don't think they'd have anything left to prove, really. I mean, we've we've seen them underhanded against Nebraska at home, and that was a bit of a shaky game. And then Purdue, where they just, like, came back at the very end thanks to some heroics. But those are not the two best teams in the Big Ten, necessarily. So if they're able to, despite that huge pause where they just haven't been able to build up that chemistry as a depleted roster, able to go to Ann Arbor and get a win, that is just massive statement but if they do lose and i do kind of expect them to just because of the under they're going in undermanned it's not a great situation if they do lose far from the end of the world i mean there's still a lot of season left they're still absolutely tournament bound. i think they could still uh, depending on what happens at the end of the season they could still go on around the big 10 tournaments so yeah that's my point of view on this
1: Amanda? Um, I will say, kind of adding on to that, I think Michigan is entering this game, obviously, with more momentum because they've been playing. So I think a loss for them would mean a lot more than a loss for Indiana because Michigan hasn't lost at home and they're on a six-game win streak. Like I mentioned, everybody has streaks going on. Um, And so I think if they lose, it will mean more to them and the rest of the Big Ten conference than if Indiana does.
0: Awesome. All right. Now we're gonna go ahead and move on to the games we actually can preview, starting with Minnesota. 10 and 12 overall record, three and seven conference record, but that's a bit of an asterisk, asterisk because two of those wins came against one team in Wisconsin and then the other one was Rutgers. Um, and Rutgers
1: is not that great. Um, Andy, would you like to elaborate? Um, yeah, so Rutgers is 0 and 10 in conference play. And Wisconsin is 2-8, and eight, and Wisconsin beat Rutgers and Penn State. And so I. while it's great for Minnesota to have wins, because everybody loves to have wins, I, I don't think, like you said, I don't think they mean that much. It's not really something, at least in my mind, to be overly concerned about.
0: Yeah, those Big Ten teams don't exactly have a lot of teeth. And we have to talk about um, this loss to Iowa. I thought it was a mistake on the website. Um, And, uh, lo and behold, it is in fact a real actual score that actually really happened. Um, Minnesota lost 105 to 49 to Iowa. So, let's, let's talk about that a bit. Um, Amanda, what does that tell you?
1: Well, Iowa's really good. Nobody has ever disputed that. Um, I think that is the biggest thing that that tells me, honestly, um, because, like, Minnesota, I hesitate to say that they're, like, a, a bad team, per se, because Iowa is just so dominant, it seems like, every time I play. So while obviously it does show that kind of any really good functioning offense is probably going to beat Minnesota, um, I, I there's a lot, I think, that went on in that game. I didn't see it. Um, but their top scorer scored 15 points, and so I think that shows how outmanned their offense was against iowa and how it could be outmanned against indiana as well if everybody is firing on all the right cylinders
0: yes good disgrace matt do you have any observations just in general and from uh, that
1: loss
2: yeah i mean i i'm gonna i'm gonna kind of differ from what you said amanda you were being a little nice but... i
1: i try to be nice um <laughs> I don't
2: think this is a good Minnesota team. Um, They're just, you know, they've hung with some teams, but uh, I think this is one that even a shorthanded IU, it'd be a disappointing loss if Indiana were to lose to this Minnesota team. And even that, I mean, Indiana hasn't really played down to opponents like this even. I think if this is even a close game, Indiana could consider that a disappointment. Uh, Obviously, yes, the Iowa game against minnesota um giving up 105 points in any context uh in the college game is not good so um to do that and only score 49 yeah that's uh especially at home that's uh, i don't think this is a good minnesota team i think indiana will do just fine
1: I, i will clarify that i don't think this game is going to be close whatsoever and if it is it will be a problem um, I was trying to be nice, and I probably shouldn't have been <laughs> nice, to be honest. Um, it could give, give a little bit of the benefit of the doubt, because it is Iowa, um, but like you said, it, I don't expect it to be close, even if IU plays its entire bench, so.
0: Yeah, gonna mark this game down as big, OOF, oof, Minecraft to death sound, um, like, I mean, when you look at Mo- Minnesota, 0.2 scoring margin, Ouch. .8 rebounding margin not really not much better um, 15.5 turnovers per game and those opponents can score off of those turnovers and uh, yeah I mean the offense uh, they have like four players averaging over 10 points but um problem that's just about it uh, on offense because I mean you take one look at the aforementioned 105 to 49 loss to Iowa and the overall co- record and conference record and you think, just any functioning offense that can put up some points. And Minnesota's Dunyan reigns, man. Just can't do it. Um, yeah, I would say it would be a pretty big disappointment were IU to fall in this game, but I do not think they will. They beat better Big Ten teams, and it'd be pretty bonkers if that were to happen. Right. I
1: think I think it is interesting that they do have four players averaging over ten points. And looking at their schedule, they hung in with Maryland, who's who at the time was 10, 10th in the AP poll, I believe. They they lost eighty seven to seventy three, and we know that Maryland is a good team. So I think that's just it's interesting how the scoring can come out depending on the team you're playing. Um, so they could have people score over ten points, but they also could not and only score forty nine. Um, so I, in a way, who knows? Kind of like we do know, but also maybe not. Yeah. You know, like I don't. Uh, I don't know. Indiana's
2: the more talented team on oh, yeah. paper. I think at the end of the day, I oh, think yeah. that's that's what we're all in agreement here. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I I think this one, we're all expecting uh, Indiana to walk away from this one.
0: All right. Does anyone have any final takeaways about Minnesota?
1: I think it's going to be good for them. Because who knows how this Michigan um, game is going to go tonight. I think it'll be a good way if they can't find their rhythm and their energy against Michigan, then they will be able to find it against Minnesota.
2: Yeah, you already know this, listener, uh, whether Indiana's going to try to keep the streak going or if they're going to have a bounce-back game. So, uh, yeah, you tell
1: us. <laughs> yeah, we can not We can only guess at this point. But Either way, they're going to be back in Assembly Hall for the first time, and they're going to have something, and at the very least, maybe it'll give them momentum going into Purdue on Sunday.
0: Speaking of which, Purdue, Sunday, hashtag revenge game. Um, yeah, um, Indiana kind of embarrassed Purdue, because Purdue played really, really well in Mackey with that questionably large crowd. Um, but then IU, Grace Burger, Big Shop Burger, it all came crashing down. IU won, not great for Purdue. They're pretty upset, they're looking for revenge, but this is not Mackey Arena. This is assembly. I mean, what kind of energy do you think the fans are gonna bring to this game knowing it's Purdue?
1: Um, I I really hate to say this, but I don't know. Because, and I'm gonna try not to go on like a big rant here. However, it's women's basketball and it's at 1 p.m. on a Sunday and we all know what college students do on Saturday nights. And we know what a lot of college students think about women's sports in general and if it's worth it or not to go watch them. So I really, I hate being a pessimist, but I am going to be a bit of a pessimist. that um, I, I first of all, you mentioned the Purdue crowd and the questionable motives behind <laughs> the very large Purdue crowd. There's not going to be something like that, I think, for Indiana. And so I think their crowd is going to be smaller, um, kind of without a doubt. And so. The energy in Assembly Hall, I think, is going to be good and it's going to help, but I don't think it's going to be the same as the Purdue crowd in Mackey, unfortunately.
2: Yeah, I mean, kind of playing off that, we have seen what a crowd can do for uh, Indiana teams here in Assembly Hall and for Indiana teams when they're on the road, say at Mackey. (laughs) You know, uh, it's (laughs) the crowd, obviously, at Mackey, yes, uh, they're were promotions that incentivize students to go. Indiana is not running those same promotions. It's, I mean, as you said, it's just likely not going to have the same turnout like they did at Purdue. You will still, I still think there will be a good crowd. I still think it'll be one of the better ones of this season, um, just because it's still Purdue. I mean, this is still IU Purdue basketball. There's, There's no love lost here. And, you know, you put on top of that, obviously, the revenge game. Purdue barely losing just a few weeks ago uh, to this Indiana team. So, yeah, um, I think it'll be a good game. Uh, yeah. Well, let's talk about what Purdue has done
0: since that loss to India. I mean, they're, they've they gone 2-2 two and two in that stretch. They were blown out by Nebraska and Lincoln, so it hasn't exactly been smooth sailing for the Boilermakers. And uh, one thing, they don't have one real standout as a scorer like a lot of it is de- it's decently even across the board they don't have one star that they don't always feed the ball to uh, amanda would you like to elaborate on that
1: yeah i think i think overall looking back to what they've done since um since the game against indiana you mentioned the revenge game and i think they are going to come in with a lot of motivation and a lot of energy probably especially after that nebraska loss you know like that's going to beat you down and so you're going to want to come back against a team like indiana that they played and they know that they can play well whenever, obviously when everything's working. Who knows? Because basketball's crazy sometimes. Um, but I think they're going to come come into it really determined, and so I don't think the losses that they've had since then are going to really be on their minds. I think they're going to be be Indiana at Indiana, nothing's stopping us, you know. Um, and I think what you said about the the people, obviously not like a star scorer. Um, is going to work to an advantage because they had three people scoring in double digits when they played Indiana last. Um, and so that, that makes it harder for the Indiana defense to kind of focus on one player if you have all of these different people that are going to be able to put up scoring points like that.
0: That's true, right, Matt? Do you have any observations on Purdue's offense?
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, like you said, they don't have one central thing. This isn't like an Iowa with a Caitlin Clark. This isn't like a Michigan with a Nas Hillman this is a Purdue team that is not as good as either of those two teams, but spreads it out much more and clearly can hang with this Indiana team, uh, particularly if Mackenzie Holmes is not back and we don't expect her to be. probably won't be. Um, <laughs> uh, so, I mean, this is a Purdue team that obviously has the talent to hang with Indiana, obviously has the want to with it being a rivalry game and a revenge game on top of that. Um, And obviously they're still in a rhythm. Uh, They didn't have, since that last Indiana-Purdue game, they haven't had any games scheduled. They've played four games. As we mentioned, they have a two and two record. Since that last IU-Purdue game, IU hasn't played a game yet. They'll play one tonight against Michigan, but up till now they haven't. And uh, I think that could really play a factor, them still being in a rhythm, plus all just the emotion of, you know, the revenge game, the rivalry, and just being at full strength. All right, we're going to go around the table one last time for one final
0: round of predictions and final thoughts for this Purdue game. Amanda, what do you think?
1: Um, so in terms of final thoughts before I get to prediction, we talked about how much energy Purdue is going to bring into this. I think Indiana will bring more. Um, so I think it is going to be a very high-intensity, high high-energy high game, depend, like no matter what the crowd is, um, because we all know that Indiana has just as much drive and motivation to get as far as they can in the season, first of all, but also they want to beat Purdue, because who doesn't want to beat Purdue? Um, predictions, I think that Indiana is going to win. I think it's going to be a nerve-wracking game in the way that it will be close and go back and forth, and no one's going to know what's going to happen until the end, because that's how it was last time, and I think that it will it's going to be the same kind of feel to it.
2: Yeah, I mean, this is, uh, I I agree with you. I think this will be another real close one, just like the last game. Uh, Indiana hasn't this season lost to any team that on paper it's worse than. Um, You know, they've they've come close sometimes, but all their, I mean, they only have two losses, obviously, to NC State and Stanford. And on paper, those two teams are better than Indiana. Indiana on paper, even without Mackenzie Holmes, is still better than this Purdue team. I think they will manage to pull it off, um, but I I really think it's going to be another close one. I mean, last one went to overtime. I could see this one going to OT as well. Awesome. So my prediction, I think is going to win it. I just think they're going to have more
0: energy, and I do believe um, over the next two games, Terry Moore will be able to get a bit of chemistry going. We'll be able to, like, figure... I mean, she already knows what she has, but she will figure out how to use it in a game, uh, especially with a tough team like Michigan and then whatever minnesota's brains, i mean i feel like they're going to figure it out by then so i feel like there's going to be an indiana win
1: um and something to add on to that the chemistry you mentioned uh terry Moran said in a press conference yesterday that you know we've talked about obviously they've been out with covid but they've had about a week where people have the team's been able to practice as a whole and they've been able to work together so it's not like they've all been in quarantine or practicing with five six people and doing like minimal practices um she she made it sound like and she said that everybody's ready to play And everybody has been able to see each other and interact with each other the past week. Um, And so I think that will only add to the chemistry that they have once they start playing again.
0: All righty. That was this week's Payoff Podcast. Thank all of you so much for tuning in. We will catch you next week to talk more about these games and to look at the schedule ahead. One last time, I am Elsie Norton with Amanda Foster and Matt Seabree signing off. Have an excellent week.